0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God, there's a blessing in the body of Christ. We were out in Montana last week, went out for a regional retreat. We crashed their party, and uh, we belong to a ministerial association. There's 18 different regions throughout the United States, and this one was uh, like Washington, Oregon, uh, Idaho, Montana. And uh, so I uh, was out on a ranch and uh, we went out there and well, we were invited. OK, so we didn't really crash it. We were invited. And uh, but we had about 155, 60 people that showed up in RVs and campers. And I mean, you name it. I mean, it was I mean, we were out there just having a big time and uh, had a bunch of great food. And we met some of the most wonderful people that we had never, ever met before. And many of which were super, so gracious to us. You know, my wife, she went horseback riding. Yeah, yes, sir. She, she put on her Lou Casey cowboy boots, baby, and away we went, you know. And, uh, but there was a couple that uh, helped to kind of facilitate all of that. And, and uh, they were just hugely a blessing to us, praise God. And the horse never bucked her off. You know, she came back to the corral the same way she left. It was awesome, wasn't it, honey? Glory to God. Because some of her experiences with horses has not always been that positive. And I can't really say that mine has either, you know. But anyway, you know, horses are uh, they they have a mind of their own. We were out there a couple years ago. I don't know. Maybe it was last year. I don't remember. But we were sitting. We were going to go. F- they got this place called White Knob. And it's about four miles away from the ranch. And it's clear up. And uh, you know, it's probably the highest point on this ranch, and we were going to ride out there and then ride back. And so we're sitting down by the corral, you know, and we're waiting. We're, I think, we were waiting for uh, one guy to show up. And so we're all kind of sitting there on our horses, you know, in the saddles, you know, lined up here. Well, what I didn't know is I had this horse named Diane, and she, nice horse, okay, nice horse, but she was parked right next to this other horse named. Uh, I can't remember what the name was. And my son, Greg, was on this horse. Well, these two didn't get along, but we didn't know that. (laughs) So we're sitting there minding our own business. This is not part of my message, by the way. And we're just minding our own business. And all of a sudden, Greg's horse, I can't remember what her name is. She's ornery. She decided that she was going to bite my horse. Now, you got to bear in mind, I mean, we're just kind of sitting there and everything's casual. Before I knew it, I was airborne. I mean, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm hanging 10 in the air, baby, and I ain't sitting in no saddle, and I'm wondering what happened? Because when Greg's horse decided to bite my horse, my horse decided it was going to kick that horse. Yeah. Thank God I came back down in that saddle. And then I held on a little tighter. So then they said, you know, it might be better if, if you two kind of stay clear of one another, you know, so the horses can get along. That would have been a good thing to know before we got started. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It's my story. <clears throat> Did you all bring a Bible with you? let's open our Bibles tonight to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 here in just a moment. I want to remind you, of course, this Sunday, we are uh, going to be having a uh, united weekend. Uh, we're just inviting everyone to come back again for, uh, with our Sunday morning service. We're going to have, be having lunch. We're going to have burgers and hot dogs and, and real French fries, I guess. We even We're renting like a deep fat fryer because Pastor Brian can't, you know, he wants the real deal. So they're going to be hot, they're going to be fresh, and they're going to be good. I don't know. We went to all kinds. We were going to do this United Weekend back on the 15th of April or 15th of March when all this other mess started. So we're just going to play a little catch up. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get back into the community of of our family, church family. And so we're we're doing these things uh, during this month of July to uh, um, be able to do that. We're going to take the fences down here pretty soon. And uh, how many of you like the idea of taking down the fences? You know, that way you can run wild. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then um, also uh, coming up the end of the month, uh, we're going to be having Joe Morris as our guest here. And, you know, my whole heart behind that is, is that here's a man who has been called of God, anointed of God as a mouthpiece in our generation to speak to us. We, We really need to listen to what it is that he is saying There's a lot that he knows from a natural standpoint as far as the fulfillment of prophetic things and whatever. But really what I want you to get is I want you to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church through this man in terms of our um, responsibility, if you want to call it that, or really the privilege that we have in these last days to let as many people as we can know that Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Because uh, (laughs) after all, he is. Hallelujah. How many of you know Jesus makes good on his word, his promise? Amen. You know, and and so, you know, the Bible tells us that if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, you know, and everybody received their recompense or their reward as a result of obedience or disobedience, it says how much more, you know, that the Son of Man, the Son of God has spoken to us. And so we really, really need to, you know, um, um, zero in on that, if that's the right way to put it. I'm really, I'm, pr- I'm praying for the church that people would have a spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And the reason I say that is, is there are a lot of people within the body of Christ that have a head knowledge, but they don't have a heart knowledge, and um, it, it, they're going to be ill-equipped if they don't really. Uh, uh, drill down, if that's the right word. You know, God, God help me to understand by the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, "Thank God for the Holy Ghost." You know, there's stuff He can tell you that no one else can tell you. You can get it as a result of being with Him, so that He can speak to your heart. So that's my prayer as a pastor is is that. And here's the reason why: because when you have a a revelation of Him. When the storms of life come, that revelation will keep you. If all you have is a head knowledge of him, you'll cut and run. And you'll be like all the rest of the herd. You know what I'm saying? So we really, really, really in these last days really need to, you know, think about these things. And so I want to tell you, I just I commend you for being here tonight. Okay. now I know you came for the lasagna, but maybe you came for a good word, too. But I really do appreciate your coming because it, it represents hunger and uh, or devotion or however you want to define it. But I'm telling you, these last days, you guys, the church is going to be an oasis and a haven for the body of Christ. And uh, and it'll be a good place to be. Amen. Praise God. All right. Listen, let's pray together and I'll get into what I want to share with you tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we love you so grateful for your blessing. God, I thank you for these precious people and all those that couldn't be with us this evening. Father, we lift them up to you. Even those that perhaps are watching, Father God, either on Facebook or YouTube. God, we thank you for the Spirit of God in us to lead and guide us into all the truth, to show us things to come, to reveal unto us that which is, that needs to be known. And we thank you for your blessing, Father God, within the house tonight. In Jesus name and everybody said amen. amen. Here's a verse of scripture I know many of you are familiar with or want to use it as a text this evening, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and notice verse 14. The apostle Paul said, "Now thanks be unto God, hallelujah, which always causes us, everybody say always. always. Yeah, always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus." And makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Notice again the first phrase of that verse. Thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. How many of you know there's victory in Jesus? You know we used to sing that song, oh victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, bought me, redeemed me with his blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gave us a life. Glory be to God. Now, I was thinking about that, you know, and just uh, kind of preparing about thinking about tonight's service. And I wanted to just share with you a little bit about the purposes of Jesus coming. There are many, but I'm just going to share a few of them that are revealed to us in the New Testament. Things that Jesus said about himself. And, you know, why is that important? Because what it what it tells us is why he came and what he did. <clears throat> and when you come to understand why He came and what He did, then it changes the relationship that you and I have with our Heavenly Father. Praise God. So the first you know, thing that I wanted to share with you comes from Matthew chapter 18, verse 11, if you want to just look up on the screen here. It says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. So one of the purposes or reasons for Jesus and His coming is, was to save, or is, maybe, to save those that are lost. The Apostle Paul said that if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those that are lost. So it, it, it designates or it refers to people who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as being lost. Paul said in another place that when you don't know Jesus, you're alienated from the life of God. And the Bible says that you're without hope in the world. I wouldn't want to be in this world today without knowing Him. Are you listening to me? And so we see these uh, uh, references, and, and again, so this reveals Jesus reveals His purpose in coming—that to that it was to save those that are lost. Now another verse of Scripture, Luke chapter nine and verse fifty-six says, "For the Son of Man did not come." To destroy men's lives, but to save them. He didn't come to destroy people or men's lives, but to save them. You're probably familiar with the highly celebrated verse of Scripture in John chapter 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish. Aren't you glad tonight, praise God, you're not gonna perish? Why? Because we believe in him so that they would not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, for he, Jesus, came not to condemn the world, but praise God that through him the world might be saved. You know, I wish I'd have known that as a teenager. I mean, I'd, I'd been made to uh, memorize John 3.16, but they should have went one step further and made me memorize verse 17. He didn't come into the world to destroy men's lives or to condemn it, but that through him the, wor- the world might be saved. Glory to God. Another verse of Scripture, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. We're just talking about how the Scriptures and even Jesus reveals the purpose of his coming. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, it says this. Uh, <clears throat> he who sins is of the devil. I don't know about you, but I did a good job being of the devil until I met Jesus. Huh? You know, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now listen, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Aren't you glad tonight, praise God, that Jesus came, spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Glory to God that he's delivered us from the authority of darkness and he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. Aren't you glad tonight you're part of his family? Aren't you glad tonight, praise God, that you're in the kingdom of God and not that of Satan? There are many people, you know, they don't even have a clue that they're lost. They don't know anything. They're just doing the best they can with what it is that they know, and unfortunately they don't know a lot. John chapter 10 verse 10, another verse of Scripture talking about his purposes in coming. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have, what's that next word? Say it again. I came so that they could have life. And that they could have it more abundantly. Glory to God, Jesus came to give humanity an abundant life. And then finally, John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus made this statement For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up. Woo! That's a promise, my friends. He said, I will raise him up at the last day. Glory to God. You know, uh, there's different uh, scriptures that we could look at in the Bible. For example, there was a place one time when Jesus sat down with a bunch of, well, they called them publicans. They were tax collectors or people that were just hardcore rank sinners. You know, in this, in this particular incident, uh, he he went to the house of Levi, who this guy evidently was uh, working for the Roman government, and uh, and uh, he wasn't very well liked as far as you know uh, what it is that he did, and so on and so forth. But here's Jesus and the disciples, and they're dining with them. And Of course, the Pharisees are religious people of that day, scribes, different ones, you know that you know, had a watchful eye on Jesus trying to figure out who he was and what he was all about and, you know, find different things that they could find fault with and accuse and so on and so forth. Uh, they they asked, you know, they said, what are you doing with all these sinners? And this is what Jesus said. He, said. he said to them, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. So, you know, the reality is, praise God, dear friends, that the church has been sent into this world that is filled with and lost in sin. And you and I have the privilege of being able to share the love of God and what it is that God has done within our lives in order that others may be able to know that truth and be set free just like us. Can you say amen? And so it's an important thing. Another place, Zacchaeus, he was was another tax collector. Jesus hung out with these tax collectors quite a bit, you know. Zacchaeus, you know, he's the little guy that climbed up into the tree because he was short in stature and couldn't see. And uh, Jesus, when he walked underneath the tree, him, he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dine at your house tonight. And boy, I'm telling you what, this guy come flying out of that tree, he was stoked, you know. And uh, as a result of his being there and things like that, uh, we don't have, really have time to get into this, but but essentially what G, uh, what Zacchaeus did in that moment while he was with Jesus is, is he simply repented. He said if, you know, uh, if there's anything that I've taken from anybody unrighteously or unjustly, I'll pay him back four, fourfold. Well, that was actually a Levitical law that he's making reference to that if you took something from someone unjustly that you had to pay him back, you know, fourfold. And Jesus made this statement. He said that you know, today the kingdom has come into your life or into, into this house. And the reason I share that with you is, is, again, he made this statement, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those that are lost. There's a lot of lost folks, you guys. Some of them aren't so kind. Some of them are hard-hearted. Some of them are filled with hate. Uh, There's all kinds of definitions and ways that we can describe them. But thank God the Bible says his love has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, praise God, the Bible tells you and I that we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Now, I realize that's not always easy, but I tell you what, it's the winner's way. How many of you want to win? How about the rest of you? Come on, we all want to win, don't we? Well, if we're going to win, we got to do it his way. And so it's important and imperative for us to do that. Here's some facts regarding Jesus' coming. You have to realize this. This is a fact. Did you know that Jesus came for you? Now people will say, well, yeah, of course I know that. No, listen to me one more time. He came for you. He gave his life as a ransom for you. Just you. I mean, if you'd have been the only one around, he'd have done it. And it's important that we never lose sight of it. Jesus came to address, and here's an important part, you know, for us to understand, Jesus came to address the spiritual needs that are in people's lives. You know, I realize that we have all these physical kinds of things, you know, that, that, that are apparent, uh, there's lack, there's deficiency, there's all these things and so on and so forth. But you have to understand all of these physical manifestations is a result of a spiritual deficiency, and that is exactly why Jesus came to deal with that spiritual need in people's lives so that, praise God, if we become followers of him, he could get us out of all the other natural messes we find ourselves in, can I get a witness? So his intent was that of a spiritual need and, and here, you know, the thing is and well, let me, let me ask you this, what is man's greatest spiritual need? Salvation. Huh? Forgiveness. In other words whether we realize it or not sin is literally killing people. The nature of sin that is in man is what co- everything you're seeing on television, everything you see going on right now is because of sin. Are you listening to me? You know, people are devouring one another. It's gotten to the point that even the people who are supposed to be on the same team are turning on one another. That's hell. That's all it is. Satan is manipulating people, and causing them to do all of these things, causing all kinds of consternation and problems, and he's the one that's doing it, and it's because of sin, and it's destroying mankind. And you know, here's the thing about it is, that we need to realize. There really is no remedy. There is no remedy. There was no remedy, and there is no remedy for the problem of man's sinful condition except the sacrifice that Jesus Christ himself made for you and me. He came, the Bible says, as a ransom for all of us, and it was necessary. Otherwise, you and I would be in some kind of a world of hurt. Man's been trying, you know, to justify himself before God from the beginning of time. You know, Abraham said, well, it's a woman that you gave me. It was her and you. You guys, if it hadn't have been for that, none of this would happen. The blame game. And then we go about, you know, you remember with Cain and Abel, you know, God had evidently given these men what it was that was required in the way of sacrifice, and Abel brought his very best, his first fruits from his flock. Cain comes rolling in, and he's got himself a batch of onions and some lettuce and said, Here, you know, this is my offering." And God says, well, that's not what I asked you to do. And here's the thing. You know, when God was dealing with him, he said, dude, you know what's right. He said, but sin lies at the door and it desires to have you. But you need to have dominion over it. Well, you know the rest of the story. He ended up taking the life of his brother. And so we have this deterioration, you know, because of this thing called sin. So we get into this matter of, you know, the Mosaic Law and all of the things that people were to keep. Well, you know, as well as I do, none of us were capable of that. But even in our own generation, moving up here rather quickly and forward, you know, everybody in the world, you know, they try to justify themselves. You know, well, I'm not as bad as he is. I don't do what they do. You know, I'm this, that, and the other. And none of it even matters because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. If we don't have Jesus, we are, of all people, most miserable and can do nothing for ourselves. But thank God He came as a gift to mankind. We just sang about it here tonight. And so, you know, the Bible says that men are required to recognize this need because Jesus came. We're talking about His purposes. He came for the salvation of man. He came for your salvation. He came for mine. And it's something that we should never let loose of, never lose sight of. It's something that we always need to keep foremost within our lives and our thinking. Because praise God, without Him, we are nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. So we recognize that we have this personal need for a Savior to turn or to repent from sin and surrender to, to the counsel of God's way of living. You know, a lot of people, they get saved, but then they don't want to live for him. Well, that's not the way it works. I mean, for me, you know, I I knew that I needed him, but I wasn't really willing to, to give him my all. Because then I wouldn't be able to do my dirt. But, you know, sooner or later, you have to come to this place of recognizing that without him, you're nothing. And you cannot obtain salvation any other way except through Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no other name given among men whereby we must or can be saved except the name of Jesus. So let's everybody say it. Thank God God. for the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. The Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Well, when you call on the name of the Lord, it's more than just a sentence prayer. You're all in. Are you listening to me? In other words, you know, I mean full on, all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You have to give him your all. And that's probably the biggest problem that most people have. they got all these problems in their lives, but they don't want to surrender. They don't want to give it all to him. They want to hang on to some stuff. And, dude, it doesn't work that way. But when we give him our all, heaven shows up, and hell flees. Glory to God. And we are the ones that hold the key. People say, well, you know, I don't know how come God didn't help me out here. (laughs) That's because the door's locked, dude. You got to open the door of your heart. Isn't that right? And then praise God, he can make all the difference in the world. Because it's with our all-in commitment eternal life comes a new nature a new spirit bible says if any man be in christ he's a new creation everybody say i'm a new creation yeah a new creation old things have passed away and behold all things have become new Woo! glory to god you know i couldn't get it new until i met him i wanted to do right but i couldn't paul talked about that he said you know the things i want to do i don't do things i shouldn't do i want to do who shall deliver me? Thank God, Jesus Christ. Amen. My wife and I were high school sweethearts. You know, we'd go out on dates and things and be with our friends and stuff. And I remember, you know, there's multiple times where I'd pick her up and we'd be driving from her house. And she said, you know, let's try to behave tonight. Yeah, that's a good idea. It lasted about 13 seconds. Why? Because of nature. In other words, the will to do, yeah, maybe it was there. But, you, I mean, if you don't have the life of God on the inside of you, dude, you're powerless. Right. Are you with me? And while, you know, you, again, you know, you can come back to this comparison thing, you know, and say, well, you know, I don't live like them, and I don't do what they do, and whatever. But sin is sin. Did you hear me? Yeah. Sin is sin. The Bible says that when we were still without strength... I like another translation that says that when we were powerless to help ourselves, Christ died for the ungodly. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Amen? Hallelujah. So, when you're powerless, you're in trouble. But notice this next verse. This is in Romans chapter 5 and 17. It says, For by one man's offense, that being Adam... Death reign through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's been a lot of ways in which people and preachers have preached about reigning in life. Hallelujah. Huh? Well, we are to reign in life, aren't we? But what it's really making reference to the fact is simply this, that we are to reign in life over sin. Did you know that when Jesus came and gave his life, and he put his life in you, that's when the Bible says that sin shall not have dominion over you. Aren't you glad tonight? Praise God that there is a power. We were once powerless, but now we have power Praise God. To resist, to stand against, glory to God, whatever it is, who would try to destroy our lives. You know, people say all the time, well, I, I just can't do it. Well, if you're born of the Spirit of God, you can do all things through him who strengthens you. And for you to say you can't is a lie. And I'm not trying to suggest that it isn't a challenge, that it isn't a hardship or a difficulty, but I'm telling you, God's mighty power, hallelujah, has delivered you from whatever it is that you are challenged with, and He has set you free. You just haven't figured it out yet. I mean, you know, I was bound by all kinds of stuff, and many of the rest of you, you can probably attest to it yourself. But I tell you what, when you esteem the Word of God, More highly than you do anything else in your life, I will guarantee you that the stuff that once had you bound will have to leave. That's good preaching, Pastor. Amen. Thank God we're no longer the way we used to be because of what it is that he has done. So we're to reign in life over sin. And thank God we're no longer powerless because, 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 everybody say the greater one. Yeah, because of the greater one. Everybody say the greater one again. Yeah, the greater one is in me. Isn't that what the Bible says? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. The greater one indwells us, as the Bible says. So when you talk about what you have, I mean, if you're a believer, baby, you got his power. Everybody say, I have his power you have his power. You're not going to get it. You already have it. Why? Because he dwells in you. The greater one is in you. Child of God, I'm telling you what, praise God, that puts you in a pretty happy, happy spot. Yeah. yeah, but my life isn't this. My life isn't that. Stop worrying about the way your life is and start thinking about what it is he's done and your life will change. Come on now. I mean, if you'll start looking at and focusing on the right kind of things, guess what? The stuff that has had you bound will have to go. Glory be to God. I trust you believe that tonight because I'm telling you it's true. Are you listening to me? Greater is he. Everybody say it again. Greater Greater is he he. that's in me than he that's in the world. Praise God, I'll tell you what, you you know, how often do we we remind ourselves of the greater one that is in us? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The greater one indwells us, hallelujah. And so if you're again a believer, you have his power. Not going to get it. What do I mean by that? You've got his ability. Now I'm telling you what, that's a wild thought. Come on now, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, turn with me to John chapter, I should, you know, we've been putting this stuff up here, but look with me at John chapter 16. Let's let let's talk about this greater one who is in us and what it is that Jesus said about him, hallelujah, so that we can cooperate with the gift that he's given to us. This is in John chapter 16 and verse uh uh, six. How many are glad you came tonight? Amen. Look at, listen to this with me. In verse six, Jesus is speaking. He says, "Because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart." In other words, he was talking about his departure. And you know, when people are going to leave, and you're never going to see him again, or at least that's what they thought. You, you know, naturally, you would be disheartened by that. And notice what he says: "Because I've said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth." It is expedient, King James uses, or profitable for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, everybody say the Comforter, the Comforter, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, then I will send him to you. Everybody say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad tonight I'm not alone. Huh? When I fight life's battles, thank God Jesus is in me, he's for me, and he's with me. And thank God for the Holy Ghost, because he is the comforter. So, so they didn't understand it, but he said, it's to your advantage that, if I, that I go, and if I go, I will send him to you. Hallelujah. This is a New Testament reality. Glory to God. And because of his indwelling presence, there's so much more available to us, everyone than what we realize sometimes because of His indwelling presence. We're just not that conscious of it. You know, we're thanking God for salvation, but there's more that He wants to do within our lives as we cooperate together with Him. Notice with me, if you would, drop down to verse uh, 12. He said, I have a lot of things I'd like to say to you, but I, but you cannot bear or understand them now, how be it when, when He, the Spirit of truth is come He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Glory to God. Look with me again on that verse. Howbeit, verse 13, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I mean, there are a lot of different things being said these days, but the greater one on the inside of you can provide the guidance you need for what is true. Hallelujah. You know, the Spirit and the Word agree. So when things are going on and you're hearing all this kind of stuff, you have to ask yourself, well, what does the Bible have to say about this? You know, all the hatred, all the anger, all of the things that we see going on within the world today, none of it's from heaven. All of it's from hell because it's inconsistent with the nature and the character of God. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, but I know, you know, they were saying, I'm telling you, praise God, things that cause division, things that cause confusion. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if it didn't bring in peace, chances are reasonably good it's not from heaven. It's counsel that's coming from elsewhere. Are you with me? You know, hell is fully aware that its time is about up. And Satan is doing everything he can to destroy and to disrupt and to do everything he can to ruin people's lives. So we got to be smarter than him. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. But I wonder sometimes when it comes to, well, never mind, Christians. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Look at some other things here uh, that Jesus said about the Holy Ghost. Look at uh, chapter 14, just back up there a page if you're looking in your Bible. Jesus said in chapter 14, 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray or ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Again, everybody say comforter. Yeah, one of the same sort. It's the Greek word paraclete. In other words, he's saying that I'm leaving, but I'm going to send you one just like me. And he's not going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. Hallelujah. Amen. So you can have communion. You can have fellowship. You can get counsel because of the greater one who indwells you. Glory be to God. So he says here in this verse, he said, uh, I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot accept or receive, because it sees him not, neither does it know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he's going to be in you. Whoo! Glory to God. And I'm sure they didn't understand all of that. He said, I will not leave you as an orphan. Aren't you glad tonight? Praise God. He, he, he made good on his word, sent the Holy Ghost to come and to indwell us. Hallelujah. Everybody say it again, I have his power. You've got his power, baby. Glory to God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Hallelujah. Here's five things the Holy Spirit has been commissioned to do. We just read them in these verses. Five things he's been commissioned to do. Number one, to bring comfort and help. He is, again, in the Greek, the word paraclete, comforter. He's a standby. You know, look at your Amplified Bible. It says helper, standby, strengthener advocate. What's, uh, I don't know, there's about seven of them there. But that's the Holy Ghost. So he is or he brings comfort and he brings help. He also said, number two, that he would teach you all things. Glory to God. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Hallelujah. The anointing that is on the inside of you can teach you. Glory to God! You know, and all of you have experienced this before. I mean, you know, there's been times when somebody said something, you go, "Yeah," you know what the "Yeah" is? Yes. That's the Holy Ghost saying, "Ah." That ah. don't bear witness. Are you with me? Everybody say it again. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! The kingdom of God is not meat and drink and you doing everything right, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So number three, he said he would bring all things to your remembrance. How many of you have been chirping along about something, all of a sudden this scripture comes up, and you didn't memorize it. I mean, you didn't take time to go through the 77 steps to learn this verse. But all of a sudden it just comes up and you're going, wow, what's that all about? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's the greater one. On the inside of you, bringing to your remembrance what it is that he has said. He said he would do that. Number four, he said he would guide you into all truth. You know, the devil's a liar. There is, the Bible says, no truth in him. He's the father of lies. He'll tell people they're no good. He'll tell people that they'll never make it. He'll tell people, you know, that they've you know, committed the unpardonable sin. He'll do anything and everything he can to separate you, to divide and conquer you in your relationship with God. He's a liar. Yeah. Well, you know, you've done this, you haven't done that, you should have done this, and you didn't do that. Anything and everything. He is the condemner. Mm-hmm. Huh? But thank God there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean you can go out and sin and do whatever you want. Right. Huh? Hallelujah. But he said he'd guide us, number four, into all the truth. And then number five, he said he would show you things to come. And we don't have time to elaborate on that, but he said he would. The coming of the Holy Spirit opened the door for the new birth in man. Again, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Let's look at another verse of Scripture. Turn with me to Luke chapter uh, 24. Luke chapter 24. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of this stuff I'm sharing with you is probably not... You know, something that you don't already know, but never hurts to hear it again. So on, on, on this side of the cross, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. I know that because I've said these things, sorrow's filled your heart. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to send you somebody that'll help you. Hallelujah. And he'll bring things to your remembrance. He'll guide you into all the truth. He'll show you things to come. He'll do all of these things. And so now we get on the other side of the cross after he's paid the price and the penalty for sin and has been raised again by the glory of the Father. And he's talking to his disciples here in Luke 24 and verse 49. Let's start with maybe 48. Let's see what it has. Let's go to 46 just for fun. Hallelujah. He said to them, Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and the remission of sin should be preached In His name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Everybody say, "Thank God for the evangelists." Yes, thank God for the evangelists. Glory to God, because at least somebody is preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sin. Can you say amen? Amen? Woo! Hallelujah. We used to have a gal her name was Sandy Brown. She came to our church, young gal got saved, lived in Las Vegas, lived a horrible life, got turned on to the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, God anointed this woman to preach. Uh, how many of you remember that? I mean, you guys would have, and them, and them, and them, you know. And uh, I'm telling you guys, we'd have meetings when she would come, and people, sinners, I'm not kidding you, they would come out of the woodwork. It's like, how did you get here? Well, you know, and, and man, people would get saved. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was supernatural. It really was, you know? Maybe some of you were recipients of that, I don't know. but you know, it's just it was just uh, wow, it was a God thing. Are you with me? So anyway, I'm sorry, <laughs> kind of got off track. 47 uh, 48. He said, you're witnesses of these things and Behold, I send the promise of my Father to you. But tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with... What's that next word? What's that next word? He said, wait, wait in Jerusalem until you are or you receive power, glory to God, from on high. So he said, don't leave home without it. Amen. With me? He said, you wait. Now, notice what he said in this verse. He said in verse 49, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Right? That word power in the Greek language, the Greek language is perhaps a little bit much more specific and by definition than, than some of the things that we use in the English language. But there's two different words for the word power, <coughs> excuse me, in the, in the uh, in Greek language. And this particular word for power is the word dunamis. There's another word for the word power called exousia, okay? Well, exousia deals more with authority, where dunamis deals more with ability, okay? Does that make sense? So in other words, when we give definition to this word, he's saying that you will receive dunamis or you will receive ability, might, abundance, and even by definition, miraculous power. So he said, you wait till you get it. Hallelujah. So I guess in saying all of that, I want to emphasize again this simple fact that, you know, whatever it is that you might be facing, whatever it is that you're dealing with, the trouble or the storm or the whatever... I'm telling you that your heavenly Father has done something for you that enables you, that empowers you. Hallelujah. To be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or whatever it is that seems to be coming against you, even in your thought life. Come on now. You know, some people's thought lives the devil likes to use for a garbage can. It's time you put the lid on it. Huh? And tell him to go find someplace else to dump his junk. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, I'm telling you what, I mean, the battleground, you know, Joyce Meyer, if you don't have the Bible, or if you don't have the Bible, if you don't have the book, you should get her book, The Battleground of the Mind, I think is what it's called. It's a phenomenal book. She tells you her story. She tells you what it is that she had to deal with. And and the things within it, the principles that are are in there are profound because we are in a battle. And if you're not careful, you'll let your, your mind be used for a garbage dump and the devil will accommodate you. But see, the Bible, when Paul was writing, he said, finally, one more thing I want to share with you before I close is whatever things are good and true and just and lovely, those are the things you want to think about. Well, the devil doesn't want you to think about the things that are true, just, and lovely. Huh? No, he wants to sell you his lies about God only knows what. Hallelujah. So we have everything that we need to wage a victorious 803, and I need to quit. Isn't that a bummer, Jeff? You give me two more scriptures? Okay, good. They're out there getting wet anyway. We got time. Okay. You have everything that you need. I'm. Everybody say, I have everything, I have everything that, I that I need to wage a victorious battle when it comes to the affairs of my life. You have got it, baby. I'm telling you, you know, the devil will sit there and say, oh, no, you don't. You say, oh, yeah, I do. You know, sometimes you got to stir yourself up and stop listening to his nonsense and his lies. you got everything you need to wage a victorious battle in the things that you're dealing with in this life. It's a fact. Look what he said in Acts chapter 1. Look with me real quick. They were talking about Jesus. Acts chapter 1. And we're closing. Being assembled together with the disciples, hallelujah, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Didn't we hear that before? Mm -hmm. Tarry in the city until you receive. Notice it goes on to say, Wait for the promise of my Father, which he said you've heard of me. Verse 5, John truly baptized with water, but you will or shall be baptized, immersed in and with the Holy Ghost. Not many days. Well, when they were come together, they asked said, Lord, you know, will you uh, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know that the times and seasons that God has placed with his own hands. But everybody say, but. Oh, thank God for verse eight. He said, don't worry about that. He said, but you shall receive. What's that word? Oh. Woo, glory after. The Holy Ghost, same word, dunamis, has has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. How are we a witness to him? I'll tell you how we're a witness to him. We're a witness when he comes into our lives, forgives us of our sins, and starts cleaning up our mess. Because only God can do that. Huh? And the people that know you, they say, well, I know him, and that ain't the guy I know. You know, I went to my twentieth 20-year uh, class reunion, and they were, you know, talking about this, that, and the other. And, and one of my classmates got, got up, and she's talking about this and that and the other. And she said, and I want to give an award to Mike Kallstrup. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what's this look like? She said, I want to give this award to him because he is the least likely person to become a preacher. (laughs) Why? Because she knew me back then. But all of a sudden, dude, my life is completely different. God put me in a grocery store of all places as a trophy of his so that he could share with all the world that, by golly, he can do something different that nobody else can do. And everybody knew it. And you know what? That's the witness of the power of God in people's lives to turn them around. It preaches. You know, when you turn from sin, when you take all your booze, pour down the drain, when you decide you're not going to be like the world and party your brains out and then wonder why it is you spent all your money on something that gives you no rest. Come on. It preaches. You know, because you love Jesus, because you go to church. Well, you don't have to go to church all the time. I just heard it here the other day. Somebody was saying, well, you know, you don't have to to go to church to hear a good message. That's probably true. I mean, the airwaves are filled with messages. But, you know, Jesus said, or the Apostle Paul, actually, if you believe he's the writer of Hebrews, that we were not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We got all kind of Christians out there, dude. There ain't no church. They're out there banging around, bouncing around, doing whatever. Yeah, they're making a contribution. Uh-huh. <clears throat> they're doing nothing. Somehow or another, their lives have become jaded about whatever. You know, and they're not engaged. They're not a part of the body life of the church. They're not supporting. They're not, they're not encouraging. I mean, I tell you what, praise God, and I stand back there in that room, and I watch everybody having taken these meals. I mean, it's a blessing. It's an encouragement to be able to have fellowship with people of like precious faith. Well, you know what? You don't get that if you ain't here. No, if you notice, notice that or not. It just doesn't happen. No, they believed a lie. Are you with me? Well, hallelujah, we have his power. Aren't you glad for that? Amen? He is the greater one that's in us. So, uh, I got to close. Let me just say this to you in closing. You don't have to let your emotions dominate you you know, and, and control you in an, improfi- uh, an unprofitable kind of way. You can stop it. You have his name. Hallelujah. If you got to say, devil, I tell you right now, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Then do it. Hallelujah. Sometimes the devil, he'll just come keep pounding on you. I don't know why we wait so long to use the tools that have been given to us to say, stop it in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to me? Don't allow your emotions to, be, to, to do, dominate you and control, you know, your life in an unprofitable way. We don't have to allow our flesh to control our decisions and our behavior in this world. If you and I will renew our minds to the Word, you know, that's what happens. You're a three-part being, spirit, soul, body. Your heart wants to obey God. Your body does not want to obey God. Why? Because it's corrupt and it's going to pass away. So, you got your spirit, you got your body, and you got your mind right in the middle of it all. And your mind's going, you know, huh? You know, you renew your mind to the Word of God, let it jump over on the spirit side, and you can tell your body to shut up in Jesus' name. Then you don't have to be dominated by your flesh. I mean, you know, you read the New Testament, and I mean, essentially all it's talking about is, is this conflict that we have spirit versus flesh. You know, Paul talked about the, you know, the guys and people down there in Corinth, you know, he said, you're a bunch of carnal outfits. He said, you got all kind of strife going on, you know. You say, well, I'm of this person, and I'm of that person, you know. And, and Paul just said, who are they? He said, one watered, or somebody planted the seed, everybody else watered. And God's the one who gave the increase, so shut up! But we get in strife all the time, fussing. And fussing is nothing but the flesh. Are you listening to me? So whenever you get to flushing, you f- flushing. Whenever you get to fussing, not flushing, f- fussing. Just know it's it's not it's not God. Okay? All right. Good enough. We got to quit. You know, here's the thing, you guys. Listen, we have been given so much. Everybody say it together. I am, am of all people, people most most blessed. You're so blessed. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for this time together in the Word. Thank you for what it is that you've done, the promise you've made. Thank you, Father God, for your blessing in our lives. We're just so grateful, Father God. We thank you for our church. And, God, we thank you for all these kids that are out having a great time together tonight, God. We pray that you'll knit their hearts together, that they may be one together, Father God, within the community of faith. Thank you for strengthening them. Help, help, give them hope, Father. Just fill their hearts with hope for their futures and what it is that you have for them. And, God, we ask your blessing upon every worker. We thank you, Father God, for everybody that's helping and serving tonight to care for those kids. Bless them, Father, in a supernatural kind of way. And we just thank you, Lord, that in the days, the weeks, and even in the months ahead, that we'll have the privilege, Father, of speaking into the lives of others, that they too may be able to find their lives in Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for your blessing here this evening. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to receive our evening.